Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to a live CK podcast here on the Basketball Zone YouTube channel. I'm your host, Leo Beers. And yeah, Woj dropped the Woj bomb on Mother's Day. And... You know, it wasn't the best timing, but it is what it is. Because I have my boy, my brother from another mother, Vince Miracle here to break it all down. He has his thoughts. Some very big, you know, some 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 big time uh, predictions from him. And I'm excited for you guys to hear them. We have our thoughts about the entire hiring process. And yeah, man, how you feeling? Uh, Good. Good, you know, just been a uh, crazy busy watching these playoffs, uh, trying to make bets, right? Uh, a lot of working behind the scenes as well. I mean, and you know, I've, I've just been crazy working, then hooping a lot. Shout out to the whole entire ba- uh, cowboy basketball crew, man. Me and Herm been getting a lot of work in, a lot of a lot of one on one fives. So I mean, I've been hooping a lot. Sprained my thumb, bro. I was on a brace earlier. I t- I took it off just for this podcast. You know what I mean? But yeah, it looks I, gross, I still have man. A flat thumb. <laughs> It's finally not purple anymore. It used to be purple all right here and back here. Still haven't went to the doctors, though. Oh, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Little uh, Mexican boy here. Um, Vince, Mike Brown, obviously both you and I can agree that the three finalists were our favorites. Like, And I said that plenty of times, numerous times. These guys aren't my favorites. Uh, but, you know, at some point, as a Kings fan – Kings analyst, you know, whatever you want to call yourself. Like we had to just deal with the cards that we were dealt with. And at some point, honestly speaking, we had to do a little bit of convincing ourselves that, okay, let's come to terms with either Mark Jackson or Mike Brown, right? And trying to convince ourselves that they are the right guy. And it just happened that the Kings went, in my opinion, with the safe guy. And Mike Brown, a guy who has plenty of experience. What were your initial thoughts when it finally broke down? Or when it broke, sorry. Uh, first thoughts was Woj hates Mother's Day. That was the first thing I, I thought of because uh, I believe what was, what was that like, like an early or a late lunch type of thing. And uh, yeah, so the news broke and then I was on my phone the entire time. I think I texted you. I uh, got a few texts from a random bunch of people just getting their thoughts on it. And then I had to start tweeting stuff, you know. So, uh, I, I, like you said, it's I think it's the right pick of the three. I mean, I kind of felt that Mark Jackson was on the bottom of my list. But after hearing the 
on a DV notes and everything like that, saying that he was impressed by Mark Jackson's meeting and the mm. history with Mark Jackson being the head coach while he was the owner or part owner of the Warriors. And it made me feel like that was going to be the direction that they were going in. And was- oh, real, 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 real fast, but real quick, that could have been as easy as Vivek just saying, I like Mark Jackson. And then the media turn that into a huge deal. Oh, well, he has the say and he's going to, you know, hire him. I'm like, dude, People can't just say I like a certain guy before it's, you know, turned into a big deal. Again, it's all reputation based, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, it, that was like when I started hearing that, that's when I started getting a little nervous saying, oh, no, here we go. I think a lot of it, too, is once you start hearing that Ron Adive is in the room and he, this it's his guy, the question started coming in. Is this going to be Monty's guy? And I'm hoping that didn't play into any factor of Monty making the decision. But I think that you have to applaud the fact that this is the biggest signing that Monty has done since the GM. And of the three finalists that were there as the coaching, they took their time. And I think I think it's clear that they landed on the right one. He was the youngest one of the three. Uh, I believe he had the, the, the biggest win record of the three. And, you know, he has a history of improving the defense, which has been the biggest lackluster thing the, the Sacramento Kings have had over the – what 16 year drought that they that they've been in of the playoffs so yeah i mean obviously it's not just because they named him the head coach doesn't mean there's going to be automatic success but i I think it's a it's a definitely a step in the right direction Uh, a signing that king's fans should really be excited about having as their new head coach would have been my top guy no no of the three i think that it was the right guy i saw a tweet that stood out to me and I screenshotted it, and I just want to want to read it out. It's by uh, Kings and Crypto fan Chris. Uh, he said Mike Brown brings a level of discipline, credibility to the head coaching position that Fox has not experienced. I'm hoping this will dramatically improve his commitment to defense, accountability. I don't want to read or hear anything more about Fox without an analysis of his defense. Do you agree or disagree with that? Oh, I think that's 100% correct. I think the biggest problem with De'Aaron Fox has been something I've been harping on, and you guys can watch previous shows, is his defense is so in and out with his commitment to being a consistent defender. Um, and, and look, Mike Brown's going to come in with his system and in his, his ways. He's known as being a very um, colorful. Defensive. Like, no. def- defensive, right? Minded coach. Yeah. Yeah, he's defensive on about I was talking more like just his mindset and how he approaches things. He's very uh colorful, organized. He has his ways and he's going to try to drill it in you. Um there's things where you can look back in his time where he improved that twenty four win Cavs team from twenty twelve and twenty thirteen season and in that following year he improved them by nine wins. And yeah, that was with the beef between him and Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie not really wanting to buy into what he was preaching and everything like that. So I feel like that's a little bit of hesitancy on me. Also, a lot of his wins, you know, they come with a guy like LeBron James on your team, comes with a guy like Kobe Bryant on your team as the head coach. That's where I kind of have my fears. But, you know, he's going to be expected to improve this Kings team defensively, which hasn't broken the top 20 of defense since 04, 05. So I mean, this there's there's a there's a lot on the shoulders of Brown. I think at least coming from Kings fans of just saying, hey, we want to see defense, and I think that also comes to their lead guy, De'Aaron Fox, in showing that he can play yeah. defense for four quarters in 82 games. 
that's hard to do. I'll be honest right now. It's, it's hard to do for anybody. So let's, let's keep it real. But, you know, talking about defense, Mike Brown and LeBron James, you just mentioned those three names. Let's, let's give the fans a little quote of what LeBron has said. Um, and I don't know if this was recent or not, but he said, I'd probably give a, a lot of credit to Mike Brown. He came in with a defensive mindset, with a defensive strategy to Cleveland when he got the head coaching job. He told me he wanted me to be just as good as I was on the offensive end. He wanted me to be even better on the defensive end, and it started with a lot of communication. I wanted to take the next step in my career because I wanted to get better and I wanted to compete for championships. I started to take that leadership as far as my communication being loud, speaking calls out, getting out to the film sessions a little bit more, diving into that, uh, James told uh, Ryan Ward of Clutch Points. So to your point, yes, De'Aaron Fox can be a lot better just from a communication standpoint. And I always talk about this, like guards, Typically speaking, just at any level, if it's elementary, AAU, you know, pick up like college, they're not very good communicators, which is why a lot of teams like to put guards, you know, uh, like in the Spain pick and rolls down screens because they don't talk like that. But if he can get a guy like Darren Fox, you know, to start talking just a little bit more, I'm not saying to, you know, become an elite defender, but just a positive net or at least not a negative on the defensive end. And that's the win to me, right? I mean, it kind of just depends because you're watching this Dallas series right now against Luca's uh, getting exposed. <laughs> and Luke, yeah, look, and, and Luca, as much as he is getting exposed right now, by the way, by the Phoenix Suns, he's also, he's also being asked to just play three seconds of defense so that someone can, come recover and be that help side. So, but I feel like the the impact that Luca brings offensively because of his size and what he can do, that it makes it to where, is that where they're going to be viewing De'Aaron Fox in that way? And I don't know if I can have him on that level as, of a Luca right now, just because Luca's just been doing it since he's yeah. walked in and, and, and winning games with, with, with that play style. With Fox, we've seen potential of his defense him getting into lanes. And I feel like since that rookie year where we saw him being swipe and all that, we've kind of seen fading out of the passing lanes. He kind of closes out really hard on uh closeouts and then it's, it's pump fake and then they're gone or discipline. Yeah. <laughs> Lack it, it, of discipline. Really, exactly. So, and then, you know, I'm not asking him to go out there and I'm not expecting, you know, Mike Brown to turn him into a drew holiday. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, or Patrick Beverly, you know, but to be someone that's getting... Patrick Beverly's okay. I mean, he, he's just a loud defender, not a great defender. He's a loud defender. He, he impacts his game by just being around and being loud. And I'm not asking him to be that either. All I'm asking is someone that when they see a screen, they're fighting to get over on shooters or knowing who to stay under on realizing the opposition and attacking their weaknesses as much as they can. And again, it, that's hard to do consistently for 82 games consistently for four quarters. I'm not asking for Fox to be perfect, but we, what we do want to see is improvement. Uh, and that's something that we we've seen the potential of what he can be as a defender. Everyone was excited about the fact that, we all believe that he could be a two-way player. And we, over the last two years, we've kind of seen that fading back. And we're hoping with Brown, with his defensive mind, his ability to talk one-on-one -on -one with players. That's another thing LeBron has always said about Mike Brown. It was that he's he's very uh, open to communication and really wanted to teach. And I think with these young guys, they're still relatively young. They, they all seem like they're hungry to win. Uh, that, that 
that should be a good fit for them. But honestly, the person I'm excited to see mostly with Mike Brown is, is Davion Mitchell, if I'm being 100%. It's a great point, man. I mean, he's already a great defender, and he's only going to get better. I, like I, like we always talk about this, the way he moves his hips laterally is just something that I've never seen in my life. Like, I, I, like I'm holding my breath thinking, damn, like at what point is it going to snap? But he's so well built. Um, you know, with this lower gravity that he may be able to sustain it. And that was always the thing. Like, can he sustain this type of defense? And you look at guys like Drew Holiday who are just special defensively, and Davion gives you those vibes of a Drew Holiday. Obviously, Drew being a lot bigger and longer. But, you know, Davion is pretty damn good at what he does. You say Davion. I say DeMontis Sabonis because I'm curious to see if he can elevate his defensive tenacity on defense he is one of the weaker defensive bigs in the game and i'm i'm curious to see if there's another level for him potentially because obviously you really can't improve much with your foot speed and that's where he struggles when they put him in the pick and roll and he has to slide laterally he's not rashawn holmes obviously but you know what can he do obviously this is more of a question for him and maybe maybe a trainer and you know we'll try to get his trainers on or whatever but you know, what can he do to improve? Is it the communication aspect of the game where if he does improve that as the Rashawn Holmes per se, like the anchor or is Davion your anchor, right? Or is Davion going to start? Like we have all these unknowns and all these questions that I don't know, but can Sabonis improve enough to where he's not a negative on defense? I'm trying to pull up. I'm not just on my phone over here yeah. just looking at things. So I was trying to pull up the roster in which Mike Brown was with the Lakers cuz I don't really want I don't really like going over to that LeBron's Cavs team as much mm-hmm. just because I feel like that was just the perfect fit for Mike Brown coming off, you know, assistant coaching with Greg Popovich and then also going you know, with Rick Carlisle in Indiana. He was ready to step in and be a teaching role and when LeBron came in and, and he took that cab job. It was straight teaching. Everyone was bought in. And, you know, that that's something that you're really hoping is going to be here at, at, in Sacramento since he's kind of stepping into that same type of role other than that Fox is, is older than what LeBron was when he took over. But right. you're looking at this 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 11-12 team where it was that lockout season. Do you know who he made a really good defender on that team was Pau Gasol. And Pau Gasol was our little age still in that time, but – Having the help side of uh, was it Andrew Bynum that was back there, mm-hmm. Pau Gasol was actually a positive in pick and rolls, and that's kind of what you're wanting to see. With but the Sabonis. game was played a little bit different back then. Like, it was played a little bit different. Like the yeah, game wasn't sure. played the, the way how it's literally space, like lots of space, lots of three point shooting. It, it was different back then. Uh, all I'm saying is he was able to make a player that needed to be a focal point on offense. To at least be fair. credible fair. defensively, right. Pau Gasol was never truly like a really good defender when the ball started moving at that faster pace. That's true. And I think, and I think that he showed in just that one season with the Lakers that he was able to make Pau Gasol a problem defensively, especially with how many issues that Andrew Bynum had that season with getting into foul trouble a lot. So uh, we're hoping that we can see that with Sabonis as well, but. I don't know if Sabonis will ever be anything more than just a positional defender and pick and roll. He's going to continue to be exposed just because he doesn't have quick feet. I mean, some people are blessed with it. Some people yeah. aren't. He's not. So I'm not expecting him to make a tremendous leap forward in that department just to be more 
balanced and smart, higher IQ. And I think he does bring that in Mike Brown. So, Okay, so those are the positives. What would you say is the biggest glaring weakness in Mike Brown's tenure as a head coach in previous stops? Uh, big, biggest thing for me is that he relied heavily on his star players, and it became one of those things where the offense became very stagnant. It was a very predictable offense, and I think it's because they were so focused in improving defensively, mm-hmm. and he relied so heavily on guys that were LeBron James and Kobe Bryant to close out games in big moments. And look, I'm, I'm not saying that Darren Fox, who was Mr. Fourth Quarter for Sacramento just a couple of years ago, can't turn into a top-tier scorer in the league. I mean, you're going to put the ball in his hands. He's going to get you buckets. It, I mean, he was a top-tier scorer. I mean, he was a top-tier scorer second half of the year with Sabonis. And look, it looks Sabonis in that pick and roll. I think Sabonis can be, can be that guy. So there, there's – and the cool thing is about this team is like it reminds me more of that that Lakers tenure there where he was I think he had what had 54 44 wins with the Lakers in that mm-hmm. previous season. So, I mean that that pick and roll is going to work. It's just it, it, is that the only thing that they're going to be able to do? How much more has he evolved now being under Steve Kerr uh with Golden State right. and how much he's learned there at, 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 in that offense. Um and I also think it just me you have to see what moves the Kings make because there's still a lot of work to be done with this roster before we can start criticizing and, and predicting what type of offense they're going to want to try to utilize every single night. Well, the one thing is you're going to have a lot of pick and roll with Sabonis and with Fox. I mean, that's that's a given, right? But it's the other elements of the offense and how they adapt to you know modernizing their offensive sets, which – previous years, Lou Walton was very stagnant. It was very 24-hour-esque uh, offensive schemes, unfortunately. He had a lot of great ATOs. He had a lot of, you know, solid one-dimensional plays, I would say. But anytime the defense broke off the first, there wasn't a second, there wasn't a third action. And that's where I'll be paying attention to what Mike Brown brings to the table is after your defense scouts you, they know what you're doing. Can you have the the right players on the floor with the high basketball IQ that can actually um, react to to just making that adjustment, right? To to countering for the counter. There's always a counter to the counter. Can they be smart enough, which they haven't been in 16 years, let's be honest. Can they make that adjustment? Is Mike Brown able to make those moves on the fly a lot like, say, a Jason Kidd has been able to do that, uh, an Eric Spolstra, a Nick Nurse to some degree. I, I think Nick you know, struggled um, when he didn't have the advantages a-, a lot. But there's some good coaches that just know how to counter you. So we'll see if he's learned enough uh, under his time with Steve Kerr. That's one of the most interesting, fascinating things to me about Mike Brown, right? We can all say he's safe, which I agree with. He's safe. He He's going to bring the accountability. He's bringing that defensive mindset. We know we'll get that from him. But it's the other things that makes that, that you need nowadays in 2022 because, you know, the Warriors have three damn real good scores right and every team and all these kids are getting better every single year like they're improving their games or dribbles like these big guys are able to do things that big guys were never able to do back then so these offenses will continue to adapt and get better 
and the ball movement is one of those things where the ball moves faster than the man. And you need a coach that can just preach on that 100% of the time, man. Um, so I, I, I feel like we've covered that about Mike. Is there other bold predictions that you want to make that you've been telling me about? <laughs> or should we uh, hold off for a different show? <laughs> I mean, you can, I, mean, I can announce it here. I mean, I really don't mind. My biggest thing is, is no matter what, I think the Sacramento Kings, obviously I want to see what moves they make in the off season. Sure. Cause I'll define it mostly for me, but I haven't done, I haven't made a prediction like this. And I don't think I've made a prediction like this since like 2008, bro. Like it's been a long time. It's been a long time since I made a prediction like this. And it's, I think the Sacramento Kings do make the playoffs next season. And I, it, it, it's something about this. Like one, top two six, like top six no, no, or no, like no, top no. eight. I think that it, there's a good chance that they're in the play-in. But I'm saying that I think they make it to at least the play-in, and, I, and I'm predicting playoffs. Like I really do. And the big thing for me is just I think the one-two punch of Fox and Sabonis really does work. And to me, it's it's just it's just going to come down to the other guys. I think Harrison Barnes makes sense on this roster, but do you add more shooting by moving him? What is Rashawn Holmes bringing back to you? Are you able to bring back Dante DiVincenzo? Uh, or is that relationship kind of up in the air? Like little things like that are going to obviously sway me in either direction. But as we stand today, uh, my prediction early on, like this is still playoffs going on. Like I think the Kings are going to be making the playoffs next year. And I don't ever make predictions like this ever. And I will say this, the last time I made predictions like this was just last season. And I said that the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Miami Heat, I said the Cavs were going to make the playoffs, which they did. I said the Miami Heat were going to be a top three team in the East, and I believe they were. So those are two of my biggest predictions, and those both came true this year. Well, 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 well I like it, man. Um, I think we've covered a lot of ground. The Kings making the playoffs sounds very nice to me. Sounds good for business, for a lot of businesses locally as well, because we know that area is pretty much event-driven. So that'll be a good thing. Is there anything else that ha- that you've read in 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 the last few days about mike brown that that gets you excited it gets me excited uh not really i kind of feel like we all as i mean a lot of these people that watch this show or that you follow on on twitter things like that like us it's more of just Hey, you know what Mike Brown is and you know what he's capable of bringing. My my biggest thing is I'm not going to be in the moment saying that this is a huge win for the Sacramento Kings no. and everyone should be so excited like yes, this is a home run. For me, this is a good out of the this is like really good out of the final the finalists that you had. Would have any of the three been my choices? No. But of the three, he was younger, he had the biggest winning record. My biggest concern is that he's always had LeBron and Kobe to make those winning records be there. And his defensive efficiencies, where everyone wants to talk about how great it was, there were question marks at times. Like he would go from like being fifth in defense the following season, being like 15th, then 20th, then to fourth. So it would legit fluctuate. And you can say there was injuries in those seasons, blah, blah, but there's going to be injuries no matter what. So you're telling me again that he's relying so heavily on his key guys. And that's why you said it, which was very important, which was, what is he going to do with everybody else? And I, and I worry about that both offensively and defensively. And I was also watching uh, Basketball Breakdown from 2013 mm-hmm. after he got fired after five games with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And Coach Nick comes out and he's talking about the biggest problem 
and why they started one and four and why he believes that Brown got fired in that time was actually because of the defensive schemes and not the offense. A lot of leaving Steve Blake out there and letting him continue to be exposed and not putting the the pressure on Dwight Howard to be more alert defensively on help side or anybody. Even there was times where Kobe would be, or get misreads and there's nothing to it because the, he needed them on the court no matter what. So I would recommend people go and watching uh, basketball breakdowns just after those four, first four games because I thought those were key things. But at the same time, you have seen him be, make a team go to the playoffs. And in that final season with the Cavs where he took over for that one year, the previous season they had 24 wins. They improved to 33 wins as him as the head coach. And that's even with the beef that went on between him and Kyrie Irving. So there's give and take. I think De'Aaron Fox is going to be a really good player for the Kings, especially now that he has a number one, number two next to him and Sabonis. And it's all about the commitment to defense. I think offensively the Kings know what they have and the style that they need to use to win games. And it's just about filling in the right roles with shooters and people that are committing to stopping on the wing and helping mainly some bonus down low. So we'll see how that goes. 100%. So we'll have some defensive breakdowns, offensive scheme breakdowns on his previous 10 years uh, in Cleveland and in LA to give you guys some better context and kind of explain and just show it on video for you guys to better understand it. We'll have that on the schedule. We'll have Vince back on as well as always. Um, you know, we got to get back on the grind, Vince. You know, we got the draft coming up. Uh, so that's that's a big component of what the Kings can do this this summer, right? They're probably going to get a top 10 pick more than likely, probably seven. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do there, obviously. But is there anything Matherin. else? Matherin. I want Benedict Matherin okay. <laughs> in the okay. Kings' range. That's, he's like... He, I feel like he's a, a little bit like Jalen Brown in this draft class. He's the Jalen Brown of this draft class. Super athletic. It's interesting. Still, still kind of unpolished. He's a monster, yep. A better shooter a better shooter than Brown was when he came out. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, he's definitely still an unpolished player. Still needs a lot of work, but the athleticism is nice. That body frame is solid, and uh, it looks like that he's he could be NBA ready. Uh, he could be Josh Jackson. He could be Jalen Brown. I, that's that's Jackson. the player I like when you take a risk at a, in a top 10 pick like in this type of uh, draft class. So lots of content coming up. Make sure you turn on that notification bell. Like this video. Just like it. Whatever helps out with the algorithm. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back probably tonight or tomorrow. We'll have some playoff basketball coverage as well. Vince will probably do some watch parties with me as well um, as these playoffs get cooking. Um, I guess one last thing is let's give the fans your pick for today for the Celtics Bucks. Uh, Celtics, the pickums, bro. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and ride with the Boston Celtics. They've shown okay. that they can bounce back after big losses. I don't think you're going to see, see a shooting performance like that out of, Jaylen, uh, out of uh, Jason Tatum again. Uh, Jalen Brown's been great defensively. Marcus Smart needs to stop turning the basketball over. Um, just... It's just Giannis and Drew. Everybody else, if they start knocking down shots, let those guys beat you. You got you got two huge studs right there in Tatum yeah. and Brown, and that should keep you in a game no matter what. So I got that, and then uh, by the point, uh, nine and a half for the Golden State Warriors today. By the point. There it is. All right, y'all. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace.